As Bob himself once said, don't gain the world and lose your soul. Wisdom is better than silver and gold. Well said, Bob Marley. Thank you. What is wisdom? Well, according to Edmund Burke, another quote, Never know did nature say one thing and wisdom say another. Nature and wisdom are the same. It is the way. It is reality. And folks, we're about to get deep for this one. The final episode about wisdom. The end of the process. Objective curiosity leads to understanding. True understanding. When reflected upon, leads to wisdom. And you, dear listener, may be sitting there thinking, who cares? Good point. Can't really argue with it. As the saying goes, whoever they is, as they say, ignorance is bliss. Probably true. Unfortunately, I feel like right when you hear that ignorance is bliss, I mean, who knows if people, they're ignorant, then I don't know if they're ignorant, but... The next question will be like, well, ignorant of what? Then, doom, doom, doom. That was supposed to be the cue to the song, which is coming right now. Wisdom. In preparation for this, this one made my brain hurt, which I realized was part of the process. So in understanding, I said you should be able to articulate something and explain it. And I felt like I had an understanding of things I wanted to say, but I was having a very difficult time putting it into words. I like to type out just general notes. And then I was trying to explain it to my wife and I was doing a terrible job, as she can confirm. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, I don't understand this enough well enough currently so I need to go back and I did and I've thought about a lot and the final step as I already knew was wisdom but I need to figure out how to explain it and I'm trying to teach it and again you might be thinking who cares but also if you've gotten to this point and you're still listening then I suppose you do care just to reflect back it all started with curiosity and i pointed out life is pretty bizarre and weird when you really thinking when you really think about it right existence itself is very strange and you could go about your life looking at the red bird and just saying what is that it's a red bird or you could say why is the bird red and it makes you think because when you really think about it life is worth thinking about i would say it brings joy Uh, leading to understanding. That's the next step. So curiosity opens the door to the horizontal plane. That's the uh, quantity of knowledge. You're learning new things. You're exploring around the world. You're saying, oh, what is that? What is that? What is that? Right? And that even in itself is a low level of understanding, but at least that's something, right? You're learning more things. You're getting a better understanding of the world. And then the vertical plane, that is the levels of understanding. Knowing what something is, is essentially, I can tell you what that is, and that's a basic understanding. 
then we get into we get into applying that information to other things in life your ability to analyze and evaluate and then create levels you have to be within the process objective remove what you want to be true at first you can then still like believe in something and then at the end like okay how do i feel about this based on what i believe in but we are trying to seek to understand something exactly for what it is being objectively curious leads to true understanding and that's where we're at and where we're at now the end the finale is wisdom i'm going to argue here that true understanding to understand something truly which we'll get into in like reality and things um, when reflected upon leads to wisdom. Hear me out here. There is a difference between reality and our perception of reality, right? So I know I've used this before, but an extreme example is someone who's bulimic. Uh, when someone who's bulimic, I don't know about everyone, but sometimes when a bulimic person looks in the mirror they see something different than what is actually true. Like they see themselves as heavier than they are. And in reality, they are extremely skinny, right? Bulimic or anorexic people are usually very skinny. They do not see that in the mirror. What does that mean? Due to bias and that's lack of being objective, humans are able to alter reality as in what is real of that person being very skinny has been altered by what that person wants to think or I guess subconsciously thinks. I'm sure she doesn't or he doesn't want to think that they're heavy, but they do, right? And they change reality. They have a bias, something that's altering them from coming to the truth. You are a human. Therefore, you're able to alter reality as well. You are in reality you are like perceiving it as we talked about like you pay attention to things you perceive it you try to encode it and elaborate it and put it into your brain and make sense of things unfortunately because you're a human you don't always get it right and we could even argue i don't even know maybe we never get it right like we never fully understand reality for exactly what it is and that could be just because we're human and like we only understand reality from a human's perspective. I, like I think of there's some like shrimp that can see way more colors. I guess it is like we have I don't know what the words are. So I'm going to sound stupid, but I'm going to keep talking. We have like the three primary colors and like all the colors that we see are based off of those primary colors. But there's like a shrimp that has like way more than just those three things. Right. And they're able to see things that we can't even see or comprehend. Now, the shrimp's not smarter than us, maybe, but we see things and make sense from a, of things from a human perspective. We are flawed. We are not perfect. We are animals. We're humans. But reality is true. So like, and we're going to get away from the argument. I'm going to get away from the argument of like, well, reality is just what you perceive it to be. Like the brain and the vat thing. Yeah. Like that's your reality, but like re we're going like capital R reality. So what is actually there, assuming it is, is truth with a capital T. It's capital T true, but our limitations prevent us from understanding true reality. Um, I heard Elon Musk was on the Joe Rogan experience 
And he had a quote that I very much liked. And he said, aspire to be less wrong. Elon Musk. Aspire to be less wrong. That's assuming. So what does that mean? Like that's assuming that we're not totally correct in our understanding and perception of reality. What we should aspire to do is reduce that. The amount of times in which we're wrong in our perception is incorrect or our understanding is incorrect. There are, according to me, different aspects to reality. I broke it down into down into two categories, we'll call it, uh, self and universe. So within reality, there is everything going on with you and then everything outside of you. So in regards to self, there's like the inward dialogue, right? Uh, how you feel about certain things, um, the way you even make sense of the world, your skills, so your ability that's intellectual or that could be, again, any skill. So that could be like athletic, whatever. Um, and then your relationships. So you interacting with others around you. That's all kind of in the, like the self-reality, right? The other category would be just everything other than you and in regards to you. So that's like the universe. And I know you're a part of the universe. The universe is uh, nature. So pretty much everything other than human. I, it, I break the universe down into nature and humanity. It's the geography teacher in me. It's the human environment interaction. So you have like physical geography and then human geography. I know there's more to the universe than that, but the human world and the natural world. So you got nature and then you got humanity. Within humanity, they're like this is social studies. You got like the history of humanity. You have economics, right? We create economies, currency, trade, all that fun stuff. Sociology, we develop cultures as humans. And then psychology, like how do humans think? and behave. Now, you are in the universe and you, although you're human, are also looking at other humans, either individually or collectively as a whole. Reality is that while you're a human and the self part would be like, how do I feel about that? But then the universe aspect is, how do humans behave one or a hundred or a hundred thousand or seven billion? So we're trying to make sense of ourselves and then everything else around us, natural and human. Okay. Let's get to wisdom. So that's reality. Kind of broken down, I suppose. The inward reality, you exist. So you and then everyone else and everything else. Reality is truth, as I said. Truth is true, or reality is true, whether you like it or not. If something exists, then like we're not going with like a lie is false. We're going with if it exists, then it is true. It's a part of reality. And when I say it, I mean literally anything, literally anything. We're going to say that wisdom is truth. So I liked that quote from Edmund Burke. And it was, never know did nature say one thing and wisdom say another. So anything that is existing is a part of reality. I'm about to get like real heady on you folks. So if you're not strapped in and ready for this, 
maybe you should save this or just ditch it because we're about to go down deep into a rabbit hole. Maybe. Or maybe this is all going to be completely pointless and you're going to end this and you're going to be like, I had no clue what he was talking about. But let's just, before I guess we dive in, let me just, I'm realizing like I need to at points, even for myself, like check in. I'm like, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about wisdom. There are, I would think even like two aspects to wisdom. There is your wisdom and then the wisdom of the world or the way things work. I would also like to clarify, we're about to get into some conversations that get fairly philosophical. I'm going to treat, because I'm a teacher, this podcast with a mindset of separation of church and state. So like we're going to be talking about things and I'm not trying to prove or disprove God. I'm not trying to get a specific religion in on it, right? We're trying to be as objective as possible and have a separation of church and state within some of this podcast. And then like other parts of the podcast, I'm open to discussions about religion. Cool. But right now, that's not the point. Okay. Whatever exists is a part of reality. If it exists, it is true with a capital T. That's truth. Wisdom is that truth. So again, there's two aspects to wisdom. Like your personal wisdom, is that person wise? That person is wise. They're not wise. The wise men. Hmm. And then the wisdom of the way things work. And I put in like in my notes, bold, the way things work. It could be known as a few things like the laws of the universe. I read a really good book the lang- called The Language of God. Or uh, in this ancient Taoist religion or philosophy, it's the way. Um, And I'm going to make an argument here. We're going to go back to the red bird. The red bird in itself is a representation of wisdom. Time to strap in, folks. Reality is whatever is. And is is to be, right? So whatever is or whatever exists was able to exist so it was possible for that to exist and then it came into existence right reality is whatever is existing if something exists that means it was able to exist and then came into existence there are other things that could have happened or could have existed but they did not And then whatever did happen or has happened is a part of reality. Just stay with me here. Hopefully I'm making sense in regards to this. Whatever can exist doesn't necessarily have to exist. It's possible for it to. And then some things exist and some things do not. Whatever exists is and it is part of reality. It has come into being. It's coming to existence. It is true. If it's there, it is true. Capital T. Now, let's think about the red bird, right? If you can understand why the bird is red, you are getting insight into how the universe works or why the universe is the way that it is. If you understand why the bird is red, you are gaining insight into how the universe works 
or why the universe is the way it is. You are beginning to understand the laws of the universe or the way things work or the language of God or the way, whatever we want to call it. There's a reason why a cardinal is red. And I'm not, it's not like the, what's the meaning behind this? Like that type of reason. There is an explanation, we'll say, as to why the cardinal is red. There are variables and rules that led to birds having feathers, birds having wings, and the cardinal being red. And that's natural selection. If something is able to exist, so like a cardinal could have been yellow, it could have been red, it could have been possibly green, who knows? It could have been, maybe, I don't even know, it could have been any of those colors, it became red for a reason. Now that could be camouflage, mating, whatever. Those are the variables. The variables or rules that led to, again, birds having feathers, wings or card or the cardinal being red birds developed wings and like became birds because an animal that had wings was more likely to exist within the rules of the universe within the rules of existence a creature that had wings was more likely to exist Now we're going to get even a little bit deeper with this, folks. So, like, that's natural selection. That makes sense. The more you think about it, or the more I think about it, let's say, I think the more I realize natural selection is other where it's another way of saying, like, the language of God or the rules of the universe or the laws of nature. The same reason that birds fly or that a turtle has a shell or that humans create culture it's the same reason. And that reason is, if something can exist, it might exist depending on the context. So if it begins to exist and it exists in the correct, correct context, it could withstand the test of time. And if it withstands the test of time, the roots grow deeper. I'm going to be giving examples in a moment. So bear with me. When I say it, I mean like anything. Once, again, just like think about this. Think about it. Pick an it. Pick something. If it exists, that means it's able to exist. If it's able to exist, then it meets the standards of the, like, the way things work or the rules of the universe. If it didn't meet those rules, it wouldn't exist. And if one can understand what it is and what makes it that way and why it's able to exist, you're gaining an understanding of the rules of the universe. Right? So if you are able to look at something and like, okay, this is what it is. This is what makes it what it is. This is why it's able to exist. If you can understand why something is able to exist, then you are better understanding the rules of the universe or the game. You're understanding the way things work. Natural selection makes a lot of sense and is obvious within nature, right? It's essentially 
anything that will increase the likelihood that an animal or any living thing is able to pass on its genetics will be more likely to be passed on, right? So if like a giraffe has a long neck, why? Because longer neck giraffes are able to reach the plants, shorter neck gi giraffes die and they don't pass on their genes. Therefore, the longer neck giraffes survive. Now, the reason why giraffes survive and lions survive technically are different. Giraffes, that has to do with like like a lion, the length of the lion's neck is pro is not as relevant for a lion than it is for a giraffe, right? So they are different reasons, but the the overall reason is still the same. It's that's natural selection. Natural selection also applies to, and when I say natural selection, I mean like the rules of the universe. Also applies to like humans. The weird thing about humans, more so than other animals, is like not everything that exists increases the likelihood of survival and passing on, maybe, increases the likelihood of pass survival and passing on one's genes. Like music. Okay, maybe someone might make be able to make an argument that like it's communal and brings us to closer together and therefore we're able to survive, well, I don't know, better survive, but... Like there are some aspects of humanity that are not necessarily about like survival and passing on your genes, music, art, but think about music. The music has to be, let's say like a genre, like rock and roll. If you were to, or let's, let's do dubstep. If you were to take dubstep now, and I hope you know what dubstep is. If not, YouTube, old people react to dubstep or listen to dubstep for the first time. Take dubstep and then travel back to the 1700s and play dubstep for someone. They're going to be, uh, maybe they'll have a seizure and then everyone else will be like, this isn't even music and it's not going to pass on. It's less likely to exist. Like that's the context of it, right? That is essentially natural selection to music. So when you're looking at anything... If you are able to look at, understand something, whatever it is, and if it is, that means it's able to exist and it's a part of reality. You can look at it, you understand what it is, what makes it what it is, why it is able to exist. Then you are gaining an understanding of the rules to the universe. Because we are, as humans, we are a part of the universe and like we are the universe, in a sense. Everything is the universe, right? Look at everything even like within humanity and then say like, what is it? What makes it it? Why is it able to exist? Like racism is one. What is racism? Why is racism able to exist? Like, what is the what are the variables that allow for racism to exist? If you can break that down and understand that, you are more so like you are gaining an understanding of the laws of human nature. One that we're able to even like create racism because it's a, I would argue a social construct. Right, we make it up, and then that the idea gets passed on, just like it like passes on its genes. Like ideas do the same thing; 
they go from one brain to the other and then someone like, acknowledges that idea like yeah and then they start to live like that and then they teach that to someone else and then they teach it to the youth and then the youth grows up and teaches it right and that idea passes on and on and on if you can look at like okay what are the variables that allow for someone to hear about racism and then like yeah i think that's true actually and then natural selection has allowed it to continue to grow you can do that you understand humans better the reality of humans anything that can exist might exist if it is within the correct context and the right variables and then again if it can withstand the test of time like perhaps which I'm gonna assume like throughout world and human history, racism has been all over the world within and like comes in different forms. But the, even just like humans being prejudiced towards one another is a reality. And the longer a group allows for racism to become a reality, the deeper its roots are. Like then, I know <laughs> this could get, I feel like this might get me in trouble, you know, like, cause I'm white, if you didn't know, and I'm talking about racism, like that's, that's dicey. And now like I'm, <laughs> I was about to compare racism and like how it has deep roots. I mean, you can even see that now. Like I was just talking to my wife and like stuff's going on and I'm just saying like, man, like it's, and again, this is even just like a white conversation. Like, dude, it's like 2020. Like, how are some of these things still happening? It's because the roots are incredibly deep. Racism was able to exist, began to exist, and then within the context, developed. Just like, and this is the comparison, and I know this could be a little risque, like the same, it's the same thing applies to like a turtle in the shell. And... <laughs> Perhaps you as a listener are completely cringing now, like, oh my gosh, he did not just compare racism to a shell's turtle. But hear me out. The longer that racism itself has existed, the deeper it becomes just a natural part of potentially of humans' ability, right? Like humans are deeply able to be racist it is almost in a sense like it's part of being human and i'm not saying that everyone is racist but we're all born with the ability to be racist because the longer it exists like the deeper and deeper the roots grow and it's like part of our genetics like we are all capable and like if you're like i'm not racist what are you talking about like good for you put you in a different context like put you born in alabama in the 1700s the 1800s like you're more likely than not going to be racist because it's part of being human just like the shell on the turtle was like it worked and it was passed on passed on like now a turtle just has a shell because like that's just part of what a turtle is right the shell got such deep roots that you don't see a turtle born like oh maybe or maybe it won't have a shell like it's a turtle it has a shell just like 
you're a human, you're able to be racist. And if like, I feel like I'm going to come out on the high horse on this one, I guess. If you're listening to this and you're like, that's racist. I would love to know why. But if you're also like, I'm not able to be racist. Like it's impossible for me to be racist. You're not, I don't think you have a genuine understanding of like what it means to be human. In the right context, like, no, you're not good for you. Like you're not racist. That's great. But just like the turtle has a shell because it worked. The same thing applies. The same law. I I would argue the application applies to human nature. Racism being one of those things. All that to say that natural selection is a part of or another way to put like the rules of the universe. Whatever can exist might exist if in the correct context. And the more likely that something is able to exist or even like the easier it is for something to exist shows you, like gives you a better representation of like that's closer in tune, I guess we'll say, with the rules of the universe. As I said, this one, this episode, you got to just strap in. And hear me out on this one. Just to recap. Reality is whatever exists. If something exists, it is capital T truth. Even like a truth is that humans say false things. That's true. Right? That's capital T. Humans lying is a reality understanding what allows for these things to exist helps us understand the way things work the rules of the universe the long neck giraffe gives us an understanding the cardinal being red consider for a moment this is the next point i'm going to call it the algorithm Consider for a moment that life can be broken down into an algorithm and essentially like an equation. Like if you take this and this and maybe even this and put it together, you can expect blank, right? You can almost break down like almost that human behavior could be coded and not even just human behavior, but like life in general. If I walk up to my dog and I say, who's a good boy and I have a treat, I can expect things. There's a general algorithm to life. Let, now let's pretend like it's way more than you think or that you're aware of. Let me give you an example. When a band um, comes to a city, let's say Philadelphia, because that's the city that I affiliate myself with, even though I, was, I lived in the suburbs of Jersey near Philly. A band comes to Philly and everyone loves that band and like people go and the show's sold out. And the band's playing. And within their song, they give like, Rolling through the streets of Philadelphia. And they like give a shout out to the city. What do you think the crowd's going to do? They're going to cheer. They're going to applaud. They're going to clap. Like, yeah! Why? <laughs> I don't know. But like, that's just, that is a pattern or a trend that can be expected within the correct context. Right? Like that's the algorithm that I'm talking about. 
like you can expect if you put this situation there like you can expect general results that means that within like the rules of the universe like reality that's a part of reality and then within reality there are patterns or trends the algorithm here's another example and i know i'm dealing with humans right now but humans are probably the most i feel like it's easier to recognize in nature humans are incredibly complicated coming from a human that's i think that's why social studies is so much fun like science i love science but science is very black and white coming from someone who's not a scientist maybe a scientist would disagree but like something's right or wrong right humans when you add the, like the human variable into thing and then like individually and then like take like a nation and then a bunch of humans trying to interact and like do things there's so many variables to consider like that's why it's fun so the algorithm also applies to humans let's i have a few examples i have two more let's consider like popularity right consider high school your high school let's just go with your high school experience let me ask you and you can you can email me and respond and comment below if you'd like did within your high school or within your high school were there clicks and were there groups that were more popular than others and then was there like a top tier popular group as in like the popular kids and that doesn't even mean that everyone loved those kids like sometimes the popular group is like despised by other groups but within your school were there cliques and then were there popular kids and then there was like band kids and other things now we talked before natural selection if something exists it is able to exist in the correct context like if you had a class that was like 20 kids and i'm saying like not a classroom but like your entire graduating class this might be a little different maybe not which would be even more interesting but think of it like an algorithm and it, this really is like what I've come to notice is when you start to look at things and like look for the algorithm, you start to notice these things and like trends and patterns. In high school, there are clicks and there are varying levels of popularity. Why is this? That's because we are human beings and human beings behave and think in a certain way. It's like within the confines or uh, the rules of human behavior, we'll call it. It's human nature. So it's within the confines of human nature to behave in a certain way. So perhaps almost across the board within all high schools, they're all experiencing something fairly similar and that's clicks formed and that there were varying levels of popularity across most high schools in the United States. If you were to like, and just think about like, what would you expect if you were to take a cohort? So like all the kids are the same age and who all grew up in the same town, put them, in, put them in a building for eight plus hours for a day for nine months. You're probably going to see similar results. Like as if it was a human experiment, like, all right, we're going to put all these kids in the same building and not like Lord of the flies, but kind of like Lord of the flies low key. Let's like, let's think about what are the results going to be? Well, eventually these kids are going to 
I mean, they've been together for a long time. Like probably by that point, they have cliques. They have their groups that they're in. And there is a like, there's a popular group and there are other groups. This is generally a reality amongst human behavior. And it is true. Now, I'd also like to clarify, and this kind of, there are connections here, folks. I've thought about this. What makes someone popular is going to vary. So like think of a high school in rural Nebraska versus like urban Los Angeles. If you were to pluck the popular kids, so you got your popular kid from rural Nebraska and you toss them into the urban school in LA, there is a chance that he's not going to be popular. This is the context, right? So like whatever can exist, might exist within the correct context. He could be popular in the Nebraska setting, not in the LA setting. Maybe he will be. Who knows? I'm not assuming things. I'm just like, I would be surprised. Let's say that. The same, I would say, like, I would say the same thing applies to plucking a palm tree from LA and putting it in Nebraska and like hoping that it survives. Like that's natural selection. It's the rules. The thing that makes the kid popular in Nebraska doesn't necessarily make the kid popular in LA, but within, that's not the point, within this experiment and within this cohort in Nebraska and LA, a popular group will arise. Same thing as like whatever tree is more likely to live in Nebraska grows and then a palm tree grows in LA. They're different, but they are under the same rules. So within a situation, you can begin to notice trends or patterns and begin to expect certain results. Like popularity in high school or clicks in high schools. That's just a reality and a general like algorithmic expectation. I don't even know, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it. But you can expect in this context general patterns. Just like you can expect when a band's playing in Philadelphia and they give a shout out to the city, what's going to happen? If this is true, which I'm going under the assumption that it is because I'm saying all of it, then that means that there are patterns in the universe. Here's a final example. Culture. What is culture? Culture essentially is like the ways in which people behave, act, dress, think, the, the way people are. That varies very much. Like it could vary from block to block. It could vary from town to town, state to state, nation to nation, whatever. There are subcultures, blah, 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 blah. Now, culture is the way that people behave. So the way you dress, the way that you talk, the music you listen to, all that stuff, that's culture. What causes culture to change? I have a very good article that I give to my students and talks about like what changes culture, technological and ideological inventions and diffusion. So like take a group of people that share a culture, introduce a new piece of technology. Let's say like the car that's going to change the way that people are somehow that's technological invention. Cell phones is another one. And there's like ideological invention. That's an idea. Ideas within the culture 
if it's in the right context, natural selection will change the culture. So you got people, they are a certain way. When you introduce new inventions, technological inventions or ideological inventions, they change. If it's in the right context, don't try tossing out the idea in 1800s Southern America that slavery shouldn't exist. That's not the right context. That's an ideological invention. Like maybe we shouldn't own other human beings that didn't survive, that didn't make it and didn't get passed on. Why? Because the roots on the other side were fairly deep. The other thing that changes culture is diffusion. So when one culture interacts with another, it's almost like the Venn diagram or like if you were to take, I don't know, like red dye and then blue dye and you take red dye and pour it in water and then blue dye and put in that water, then you put them together, you got purple. So when the red culture and the blue culture come together, they change because they're interacting with other cultures. That's what changes culture. Ideas, technology, and diffusion. What prevents culture from changing? Resistance. Primarily due to habit, as in like, that's not what we do. I don't like that. That's not, no. We don't listen to rock and roll. That's the devil's music. We don't think that all humans are equal. That's Yankee stuff right there. And even in the, even in the North, they were racist too, so they can't get away with that. So like ideas are thought of and then they're tossed out and then natural selection, if it can exist, it might exist if it's in the right context. People are going to be like, yeah, actually, and then pass that on just like the racism thing or the freedom thing. Same thing with technology. If it's in the right context, like an invention will pass on and then grow deep roots. There are some inventions, I can't think of any on top of my head, that are like well before their time in like quotations. That means like natural selection, they weren't at the right time, obviously. And like it was a good idea, but it just wasn't in the right context and it's not going to pass on and it's not going to change the people around them. This is natural selection. This, that right there, that is timeless. So like these specific ideas or technology that change the culture might change, but the law of what changes culture is constant. Like that's the algorithm. This is reality. Culture exists. Culture changes. What causes the change? Ideas, technology, and diffusion. What prevents change from happening? Resistance usually due to habit or like the invention just well before it's time right whatever right? it just doesn't stick that law is timeless that law applies to 1400s china that law applies to 1700s united states that law applies to 2020 the ideas change the technology changes the two groups that come together change, but the algorithm of the law still applies. And that's an, that's the algorithm. Like these are things like you can expect. And I'm saying like once it's kind of like matrix-esque, like once you start to look at the universe and reality for patterns, you're going to notice patterns. Because patterns increase the likelihood that something's going to continue on. Like Life isn't entirely chaotic. 
Now, it can be chaotic at times, like that's part of reality. But until chaos strikes, and that's like COVID-19, there are patterns. Because a pattern, as I just said, increases the likelihood that something's going to continue to go on. And whatever can exist might exist in the correct context. So here's a summary of the way things work. And like, this is wisdom and reality, right? Reality is a product of natural selection within the rules of the universe or the laws of nature, the language of God or the way. Anything that exists, which is reality, is able to exist within the rules of the universe. If one can understand the thing that exists, one can better understand the universe itself and the way that the universe works, the way things work. And once one begins to understand the universe, one will start to notice patterns as if there's an algorithm to it. So I mentioned before that there's two types of wisdom. There's the personal and then the other one. This was the other one. This is the way things work. There is almost wisdom to it because it's timeless, because it's the rules of the universe. It's truth. It's reality. It's wisdom. It's designed by God. That's what I personally believe, not to offend you if that is if you're offended by that. Or it's completely random. Even if like there is no God and that's what you believe, there's still laws to the universe, like gravity. Humans being racist or prejudiced. Natural selection is a law of the universe. We'll call it that. It's a rule to the universe. It's the way. It's the way things are. Now, the next thing, wisdom and like self, like that person is wise. I'm going to call it navigation. There's two steps. Step one, understand the way things work. It's the way. It's everything I just talked about. Understand the rules of the universe. The way things work. Step two, understand the implications for you. Step one, understand the way things work. Step two, understand the implications for you then. I'm going to use two examples. One is a fish, the other is a leaf. And I'm going to try to prove a point that 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 could be the creativity of communication. It could be, again, as I said, you might leave this like, I don't know what that was about. But think of a fish, right? A fish does not control that it's a fish. A fish does not control that it lives in water. And a fish does not control what other fish or animals are its predators. The best thing that a fish can do is understand the way things work and how it must then act within that structure. The best thing a fish can do is like, okay, I'm a fish. I live in the water. I can swim. And these are the things that are trying to eat me. And like the more it starts to understand like the way things work and like the confines of being a fish, just like the confines of like being a human, and then the universe around that fish and like how things work, the better off it is. 
if a fish is like trying to waste time, like, well, maybe I can, like, maybe I can live on land and like flings out and like gets stuck on land and it dies. Why did that happen? Because the fish was out of, I get this is the fish was out of tune with like the reality of life itself. Like the fish was out of tune with like, you're a fish, you live in the water. That's what fish do. And if you try to like go around that, then like you're not helping yourself out, Mr. Fish. The best thing that a fish can do is understand the way things work and then how it must then act within that structure. Act accordingly. How does this apply to you? If you're wondering, you are a part of the universe, right? Like you are not the universe. You're not the, the universe isn't you. You are a part of it. You are within the universe. And this is like the spider web thing, right? If you haven't listened to it, it's the Sonder podcast. Think of it as, as a spider web. Either you're the center of the web and everything revolves around you, or there's something bigger than you. And I'm going to argue that there's something bigger than you, right? You are a part of the web. You're a little connection and you're connected to other things, but there's something in the center and it's not you. You are a part of the universe and reality. Things exist, things have existed before you were born. So before you came into being, things were happening. It was the way, right? The, the world came to be, the universe is what it is. It, we have the rules have been established for existence and for the universe. The language of God, the laws of nature, right? That's the way. Things existed before you were born. And it's fairly structured because it's gone through the test of time and like now it's just these are this is the way things are this is the way things work things are going to occur while you are alive so while you're alive things are going to happen things happen before you were born things will happen while you're born both are part of the way think of francois i believe his name was when i talked about the butterfly effect things happened while he was alive. Some of the things that are going to happen, everything that happened before you were born is out of your control. Some of the things that are going to happen while you're alive are out of your control and are going to impact you. And I put this in bold. The best thing that you can do is understand the way things work what is and is not in your control and then act accordingly. And that, in my humble opinion, is wisdom. And like, think about the process. It all, I feel that it all comes to this, right? The best thing that you can do is understand the way things work. What is and is not in your control and then act accordingly. That's the process. Curiosity is like, okay, things are happening around me. I'm within reality. I'm within the universe. I want to understand it better. Like that's curiosity. What's happening around me? Understand it for what it is because it is like reality is what it is. Like you have the ability to alter reality and understand it for something it's not. You don't want to do that. 
That's like the that's why I said the fish should just understand what reality is in order for it to best live like to live its best fish life. The fish should be very objective by what's happening. I'm a fish. I live in water. Sharks are going to eat me. The best thing it can do is be honest about the circumstances in which it's existing and the way things work. Understand the universe for what it is. Understand the way things work. Understand that whatever exists is able to exist. Understand why it exists. And like, that's not like the, why are we here? Like the deep philosophical, like what are the reasons why this is able to exist? And when you understand those reasons, you better understand like, okay, this is the way that the universe works. And then figure out what can I control? What can I not control? And then act accordingly. I think that's wisdom. And like, I'm going for the separation of church and state here. I know there are other religious interpretations of wisdom and I'm on board with some of that stuff, right? But I'm going like the separation church and state. I think what I'm saying is like that represents what wisdom is. Understanding how the universe works and your place within it and what is and is not in your control. Things have been the way that they've been prior to you being born entirely out of your control. It's the way things work. It's it's everything, right? You're born into the world and then you are trying to navigate your way through. The best thing you can do is recognize like, okay, can I control this? Can I not control this? And then if you can't control it, like Francois can't control Garrilo Princip and Franz Ferdinand, the best thing he can do is at least control his mind and like how he feels about certain things. I think like this is the leaf analogy and this is way, the leaf has way less control than you do. I'm going to put that out there. A leaf does not control what kind of leaf it is or what tree it grows on. Think of a leaf, think of a tree and then a leaf, a leaf. That leaf can't control anything. It doesn't even control where on the tree it's growing. Like ideally, I guess the best spot would be, I mean, you're talking about like wherever the sun is, right? But maybe at the top facing towards south, I don't know. So you're getting like direct sunlight as much as possible. I don't know. That's the best spot, but like a leaf can't control that. A leaf is just placed wherever it is and just starts growing. And then when the leaf falls, it can't even control the breeze or like where it's going to land. Right? Is that deep or no? <laughs> it then like I wrote down it is what it is. All those things are out of the leaf's control. And think about like and this is all based off of like a leaf being able to be aware of itself. But imagine like a leaf comes into existence like, "Oh man, I wish I was a cherry tree." And then like it's just like growing and it's like, "Jeez, this place, this spot sucks, and this tree, I want, like, I want to be up there. That gets the most sunlight. I'm barely getting any sunlight here. 
And then all of a sudden, like, as, as it starts to get colder and the leaf understands what's happening, like, oh, man, it's my time to go. And it, like, looks down, like, oh, that seems like a really good spot. It's not in the road. People aren't going to trample all over it. I hope I land there when I fall. Right when the leaf, and, like, it's just watching, right? And then right when the leaf falls, there's this huge breeze that just blows the leaf into the road. And the leaf's like, well, that's not what I wanted either. What kind of existence... This is an analogy. What kind of existence did the leaf have? Like all it was doing the whole time was like, man, I wish that was different. I wish that was different, man. I wish there wasn't a breeze when like the one moment that I fell out of the tree, a breeze comes and like pushes me away. It is what it is. It's out of your control. So what kind of life did that leaf live? A lot of L's. He was just like looking around looking like, man, I wish things were different. Is that wise? I don't think so. Let's go back to the racism thing. Because I don't want it to seem like, oh, we should just embrace like, well, it is what it is. Like racism exists. And like, I think we should. I think we should at least acknowledge like it is what it is. Human beings are capable of being racist. And racism absolutely exists today still. Because that has very deep roots. I'm not saying we should be like, oh, bummer. Shucks. But we should understand what is racism? Why is it able to exist? What is the context that like creates racism or allows for it to exist? And then act accordingly. That is out of your control. Like the fact that racism exists is out of your control. The fact that it still goes on is out of your control. To, a, to an extent, you can, can what can you control? You can control your own actions, but then also think about like, okay, what causes racism to exist? And I think like this is the wisdom aspect. This is like what Martin, I think what, I think what Martin Luther King was talking about and Gandhi was talking about. Racism is a form of hatred. And then they're like, okay, what causes hatred or anger? A few things. But something that enables hatred or anger is when anger or hatred is acted upon someone else and then they feel justified to be racist or angry or feel hate. And so Martin Luther King and Gandhi weren't like, oh, shucks, racism exists. Like, that's a major bummer. There's nothing we can do. It's out of my control. No. They're like, okay, it exists. What can I do? Let's act accordingly. And then they chose love because they felt that One of the things that causes racism to exist is when people feel justified to be racist. So let's remove that through love. That is understanding reality. That's being objective about reality. Okay, it exists. It sucks. And we'll notice like on the algorithm, if people are racist, like white people are racist, and then African Americans do something White people that are racist will find any way they can to skew it into like, well, classic blank words. You know how they can be. So like Martin Luther King was like, nonviolence, let's act with love. I feel like that's wisdom, right? That's understanding something for what it is and then acting accordingly and like understanding like what's out of his control. Even the fact, like the fact that white people like you're dealing with an illogical 
unreasonable group. That's out of your control too. For the most part, like you cannot control how everyone responds to you. And if you like, if you don't acknowledge that, how like how much time are you going to waste? You're like the leaf. How much time are you going to waste trying to control the way people think of you? Like wisdom would show you can't do that entirely. I can't control how people think of me. In the end, I cannot. I act accordingly. I can only control what I can control. And like, I think this also applies to, I mean, this applies to everything. Like I was listening to Max Holloway. He's a UFC fighter. fighter. He was a featherweight champ, a champion for a long time. And like, think about it, to be a champion in the UFC, like your life is dedicated to the craft of mixed martial arts. Everything you do is working towards reaching that and then that peak and then holding on to it for as long as possible, right? So like when you wake up every single day, like imagine like you're working every day towards something and then one day he lost it and he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and he's like, hey man, it is what it is. Like that's out of my control. Like I can't do anything about that. I've I it has happened, right? So going back to things existed before you were born and then things will occur while you're alive, it's part of the way. And some of those things are out of your control. Him losing the belt, you could argue, like, well, he could have trained harder. I'm like, okay, yes, but he didn't. I don't know. And like I don't even know if that's what it is. It doesn't even matter. He lost it. That's in the past now. Like it has happened. It is what it is. The best thing he can do is figure out, okay, I don't like that this happened. What is in my control? And then act accordingly. I can work harder. I can accept it. That is in his control. Like to accept it and embrace it was that is in his control. Observe your surroundings. Understand your surroundings. Understand the way things work. Reality. Become in tune with reality for yourself and for the universe. Identify what is out of your control and identify what is in your control and then act accordingly. Natural selection, like reality shows that humans have the ability to be racist. That is truth. Not every human is racist. Maybe they all, like we all are in a little bit. We probably are. We're probably all racist a little bit. If you like you need to embrace that. Like, okay, humans are capable of being racist. What allows for racism to exist? Because just like the turtle shell, a turtle's like, it's again, like maybe it's going to be born with a shell. Maybe it's not. Same thing for humans and how humans act. Like it is part of the long, long, long process of all the things that have existed before you were born 
you're born into a world where humans are able to do this. Maybe like in an alternate dimension, universe, like humans wouldn't be racist. But that's not what we're dealing with here. It's a reality. Also, another reality is one of the things that makes racism continue to go on is when people feel justified to be racist. That's a reality. That's understanding what are the variables or what's the environment that allows for racism to go on. Education, so we got to work on that. Like the system, got to work on that. Awareness, got to work on that. But you're understanding all the things that allow for this thing to happen. And it's helping you understand like, okay, this is just the way the universe works, but you can, you can work around it. And you're better off, it's going to be easier for you to solve the problem if you can step back and understand the problem fully. And that's like, that's the objective part. That's the looking for patterns and trends. That's the fish. The best thing a fish can do is understand the way things work and how it must then act within that structure. That's what's in his control. I would just like to clarify the algorithm thing and like natural selection. I, I, I would think like it almost applies to everything. Like I was thinking about football and like what makes a football team successful. Like the literal things are going to change within time, but it's the same thing of like what changes culture. Like that's a timeless thing. What makes a team successful? There are timeless truths within that. That's the algorithm. And like this, it could be true for a football team, for a soccer team, rugby, ice hockey, whatever. There is a pattern to success within all of that. That's the algorithm and like sports, I mean, just like, it's, it's everything, man. Like it, and this is like, I said before, I was thinking about the process and my ability to articulate and explain it. This is kind of also the point of the podcast. I am thinking about these things and I'm trying to understand it better. And the best way to do that is to force myself to articulate it. I've had, like, I, I spent days, like, not every single minute of every day, like, thinking about this, but, like, I would sit there, I'd be with my wife, and I'd just be, like, sitting in silence. She's like, what are you thinking about? Like, I'm thinking about the algorithm. And, like, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. So, because I knew that, like, I want to try to articulate this and express it. And I'm, I'm also testing this out. Like, the best way to see if you properly understand something is I'm putting this out there. And then if people are like, well, what about this, 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 and like just completely wreck me. I'm like, okay, I got to go back to the drawing board because clearly I didn't understand this well enough because there's a decent amount of flaws. And like people are pointing out things like I don't know, or I haven't even thought about, which goes back to the, the previous episode, the teaching it thing. This is what I want for you, the listener. I'm going to include an email address within the description of this episode 
that if you are interested in posting up a podcast, uh, I'm all for it, man. Like under the name, those who wonder we're the goal is we are seeking wisdom. If we're working to understand the way things work, the way, uh, then we're working to understand truth. And in order to do that, we should be going through the process of trying to gain a better understanding, which like this is part of the process. Those who wonder is a part of the process, like getting a better understanding. So you're like, all right, I want to make a podcast and like, I'm going to develop a research question. What's my research question? I got to research it. I got to try to get a better understanding and then I got to teach it. And then like, I'm going to put it out there and like, I'm testing my knowledge by putting out a podcast about something. And I'm trying to understand the truth. I'm trying to understand the way things work in regards to sports, in regards to cooking, in regards to music, in regards to economics, in regards to science of any sort, sociology. Like, I don't care. I just did a podcast series. You don't even have to do a series. I just did a podcast series on the process of gaining wisdom and what I think wisdom is. And I'm testing it out. You can do that too, folks. I'm going to put the email in this description. If you're interested, hit me up. Also, think about the process. I think it can be essentially summed up in this. Observe your surroundings. Understand your surroundings. Understand the way things work. Identify what is and is out of your control and then act accordingly. I think that's wisdom. That's curiosity, objectivity, understanding, wisdom. Like that is the process. We should be far more curious about a few things. Everything around us, we should be more curious about and ourselves, we should be more curious about. We should be curious about improving ourselves and like skills. Oh, how does that work? How could I get better at blank? Be objective about it. Work on the understanding aspects. So like, I don't, again, like this part, what I'm saying now, like the skills and the hobbies, like that, that doesn't really have anything to do with the podcast. That's like for self. If you want to learn new knowledge or content or skills, the process also applies. Start by being curious. What is it? How does it work? Be objective. Where am I currently at with this? Where do I want to be? How can I get there? Understanding. Use backwards design and scaffolding. This is what I want to do. I want to be able to have my palms on the floor. Be objective about it. What are all the things I need to do in order to accomplish that? Bam. I guess the wisdom aspect. I don't know if there's like wisdom. There doesn't always have to be wisdom. But I'm sure. I feel confident that like going through the process and like learning new things teaches you things about life itself and teaches you things about the universe and the way things work, which leads to wisdom. When you've learned new things and you understand something for what it is, and then you ask yourself, what does this mean to me? What is this, What are the implications for me? If this is true, if humans are able to deceive themselves, deceive themselves, and I'm a human, what does that mean for me? That means I, I deceive myself. How do I do that? 
That's being curious. That's being objective, hopefully, which leads to understanding, which then leads to wisdom. In regards to like, it's out of my control that I'm a human and that humans are able to deceive themselves. What is in my control is what did Elon Musk say? Aspire to be less wrong. This is the process. Objective curiosity leads to understanding. Understanding when reflected upon leads to wisdom. And wisdom in the end is your ability to navigate through life as effectively and as efficiently as possible. Let's like, this will be the final analogy. And it goes back to surfing because I talked about in the butterfly effects one. I'm at point A, I'm out in the ocean and I'm surfing and I'm sitting on my board. And I said before, like the, um, the tide, if you just sit on your board and like give it 15 minutes, like you're going to be a hundred yards down the beach in enough time, right? Because the ocean's moving. I want to get from point A to point B. Wisdom will understand like, okay, where is the tide going? What do I need to do to get there? And like acknowledges everything that's going to get in my way and how to work around it. Like the what's in and out of my control. We could spend our whole lives trying to navigate through life and thinking like, man, this is so hard. Like this is stupid. Like I'm trying so hard. I'm putting in, it's like this sweat equity. I'm putting in all this effort and I'm barely getting results. Maybe it's because you're not doing a good job of understanding the way things work and like trying to find the patterns in life and like, okay, this is reality. It is what it is. It's like not how I'd like for it to be, but this is the way things are. I must then act accordingly. I got to work around this to get to where I want to be. And hopefully like just where you want to be is like, I just want to experience happiness and joy. I would say that's wisdom, right? It's understanding the, what, <laughs> understanding the way things work, what is and is out of your control, and then act accordingly. In order to do that, you should be seeking understanding and constantly learning and observing. And that's it, folks. Day by day, be in the moment. Hit me up via email if you uh, would like to post up some podcasts and be a part of Whatever this is, I don't really know where it's going to go, but I am open to wherever this goes. I want it to be a community of those who wonder. Yeah. People who are just curious and enjoy learning new things and talking about it. That's it, folks. Peace. Peace.